Welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello and thank you for joining us today. Giving a toast in a social event like a wedding is nothing new. However, unlike the old times, it's very likely that the toast can be video recorded and shared in social media. That's why many people are already asking professional advice to write a toast. And a special guest knows a lot about this new phenomenon. Let me welcome Brian Jenner. He's a speaker and a speech writer from the UK. In 2009, he launched the UK Speech Writers Guild to bring together the nation's speech writers. He's also winner of the Cicero Prize for Speech Writing in 2010. And he's also founder of the European Speech Writer Network. Hello, Brian. Welcome to the show. Hello, Oscar. It's nice to be here. Nice to talk with you, Brian, and know about this new phenomenon. We'll talk a bit later, social speech writing. Could you start telling us a bit more about yourself? Well, um, I uh, grew up in Oxford and um, I went to Oxford University and I was always interested in public speaking. I used to attend the Oxford Union where many famous student debates have taken place over the years. And um, in my time, I saw lots of people who are now cabinet ministers in the British mm. government. So um, I did that. And then when I graduated, um, I wanted to learn to speak well in public. So I joined Toastmasters International. My mother was already a member. Oh. And um, I, my first ever meeting was in a prison um, because my mother used to visit a prison oh. club. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. And when I moved to London, I joined uh, Grosvenor Square Speakers and I was a member there for about five years. Mm -hmm. And when did your career as public speaker start? I guess you started as a speaker first or speech writer first? Well, well um, I was a journalist. I trained you, as a mm. but I always had an interest in comedy and things like that. So I thought that If you can write your material and then practice it at Toastmasters, at least you can tell whether people are going to laugh or not. Mm -hmm. So it was a great test audience. So I entered the humorous speech contest and I was, um, you know, I, I was very, a very keen member. I do lots of speeches. And I think about this time they founded the Professional Speaker Association in the UK mm -hmm. and I didn't really think I had anything sort of on offer to say. You know, I didn't think I'm a really very good motivational speaker. Or, and I think it's a difficult business to make any money in. So it just so happened that when the internet came along, I set up a website for my services as a speechwriter. Mm -hmm. And uh, my first job was writing for the chairman of BP, British Petroleum. So I did that for a year. And uh, that was very well paid and a very interesting job. Very interesting. And as you are a speech writer, I have to ask you this question. And also you, you have spoken a lot. 
As every great speech starts with a strong opener, could you rewind back to the past and share with us an opener that you remember as the best in your life? The best opener. Well, one of the best mm -hmm. openers is a quotation from Woody Allen, which I can't remember verbatim because it's quite quite long. Mm -hmm. But it's it's sort of um, goes along the lines of at, the mo at this moment in time, mankind stands at a crossroads. One path leads to despair and utter hopelessness. The other to total extinction. Mm. Let us pray that we have the wisdom to choose correctly. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a silly joke, but uh, it's a good one to start out a speech which could be a bit pompous or too serious because often, you know, on things like climate change, mm. people are making bold statements that don't necessarily, uh, you know, they could be true, they might not be true, but you can't make predictions about the future with any great certainty. Mm. And a Star Wars speech with that. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, it, it just, uh, I have a collection of opening jokes. Oh, <laughs> that's so good. I, I, I um, you know, when, when, I, when I'm doing a social speech, a wedding speech, I might open with... Um, Before I uh, sort of stood up to give this speech today, I took some advice from my coach, and he said that one drink and people think you're funny. Three drinks and you think you're funny, but nobody else does. <laughs> Ten drinks and the ambulance crew think you're funny. <laughs> so that's a sort of, it's, it's a bit contrived, but those sort of things are very essential to a speechwriter because we can't make up Per, you know, brilliant jokes for every occasion. Mm -hmm. You've got to realize that there are some set, you know, some very familiar jokes. And, and if people have heard them before and they laugh, that's not a problem. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and as we already started talking about speech writing, could you, for the ones who are not so familiar with this term, could you clarify what is speech writing or speech writer? Speech writer, well, I help people to express them, their best selves. Mm -hmm. uh, what I mean by that is that, you know, I don't know how to tile a bathroom. And if I was to tile a bathroom, I'd make a mess of it. <laughs> Now, most people can stand up and say a few words, mm -hmm. but whether they can give a speech or not is another matter because they might say, you know, I was talking to somebody about a wedding speech yesterday and he doesn't know whether he should speak for five minutes, 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And my job is to say, well, I think you better speak for five minutes Mm -hmm. And um, I also sort of advise them to use short sentences and I advise them to use humor that is appropriate. So I'm just a kind of advisor telling them what the principles are of making a good speech in the same way as somebody who tiles bathroom, bathrooms could show you how to tile a bathroom. Mm. But you know, we haven't got time in this life to be the master of everything. <laughs> so sometimes you ask somebody else for some help. And so as a speechwriter, I am aware of what's required or what's appropriate for a conference, for a wedding, for a funeral, for a birthday. And I help people do what, if they had six weeks to research and six weeks to prepare, They could probably do it themselves, but usually my clients are in a hurry mm. and they haven't got time to sit down with a book of quotations to find the best jokes or mm. 
to do the research. So I help them by digging out my books of jokes and quotations mm-hmm. or collections of good stories and saying, maybe you'd like to use this. Mm-hmm. And now going to this phenomenon I mentioned at first, what is social speech writing? Well, social speech writing is just helping people in their personal lives to deliver a good speech, usually at a very important occasion like a wedding where there might be 200 guests and they want to be thank the right people and to be make a few jokes. And, you know, you don't want to forget to say that your wife looks dazzling on her wedding day, <laughs> whereas it's easily forgotten if you're kind of not, 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 not familiar with the situation. You know, we don't get married very often. <laughs> so uh, I just help them and guide them to say the things that they need to say. And uh, yes, it can be quite a private serv- service. You know, some people, you know, a, a client the other week was invited to speak at the wedding of a top lawyer who represents, you know, really high profile clients. And he is just a normal bloke. And, and he has to stand mm-hmm. up and speak in front of all these important clients, you know, who are kind of household names. So he just wants to make sure he does it right. And he asks me for help. So that's what I do as a social speech writer. I just find appropriate words for family occasions or times like a birthday where you want to impress your colleagues. Mm -hmm. And how old is this phenomenon? Well, I don't know. I think that it certainly existed before the internet. I had a, you know, I was inspired by a speech writer who used to live on the Isle of Man called Mitch Murray, who used to write songs he was a lyric writer and um he certainly advertised in a magazine called private eye up to um you know 15 years 15 20 years ago and um you know politicians have always perhaps had help or so i think sort of the formalized business element of it is perhaps slightly new and and the, and the way to find somebody is slightly new you know you would find somebody on the internet mm. so yeah, it, it, it's you've got to get your name out. You've got to have a market. You've got to supply what people need. And, you know, I've been lucky to have this work. And the more work you get, the more e- easier it is to do. You mm-hmm. see, if somebody sets himself up as a speechwriter and they ask to speak at a Jewish wedding or something or to do a writer's speech for a Jewish wedding, it can be quite difficult mm-hmm. because... The only way you learn is by experience. How do you get experience? Well, the first time, at least. (laughs) First couple of times, it's really difficult. And, and, you know, I I would say that I've written a hundred best man speeches, but but, uh, they're all the same speech. It's just written slightly differently. Mm -hmm. And has anybody told you like, this is like, um, like cheating for the, for the guys who are taking your service or some, someone else's service for this kind of uh, personal events, social events? Um, I've no, I, I don't think anybody, well, people like to keep it private mm-hmm. and that's understandable, but I don't think, yeah, some people who are a bit naive might mm-hmm. think, oh, that's, that's not right or not fair. But, but I've had examples where some best, uh, you know, a groom has wanted to speak for 45 minutes at his wedding. Well, do you want to sit through the equivalent of a feature film of amateur speech makers, you know, the length of a speech a feature film, an hour and 20 minutes. 
people don't want to listen to long speeches at weddings and social occasions. So I think that, yes, there are some people who might sneer, but it's very naive. Mm. Same as politicians. They say, why don't politicians write their own speeches? Well, if you realise how busy politicians are, Mm. um, they haven't got time to think. And sometimes you need to delegate your thinking to somebody else. Yes. And for instance, if from another perspective, if someone has decided to hire a ghostwriter, a social speech writer, what would be the, your piece of advice on how to choose the right one? So, because now, as you said, there are many people offering their services on internet. How to know which one is good for you? Well, I, I imagine that there are quite a few competent people out there. I'd check how long they've been doing it. I would check the quality of their website. The thing is that I have learned over the years that if you want to use a business service, you've got to use it. And you can't tell before you start whether it's going to work for you. So try it once. Try somebody. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, well, you've lost a bit of money. But you, you've tried. And um, I think that You know, how do you get a good plumber? Will you get somebody who's recommended somebody? So you could ask um, advice, look at the testimonials, um, look at the experience that they've got, you know, look if they've got, you know, a, a telephone number and how they react when you first call them up. Like picking any service, you've got to sort of use your own intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like do some, do some research and also, yeah, doing some contacts so you... You have an idea who they are. Oh. And what if someone like many of the the guys in the audience actually are already speakers or have some experience writing some their own speeches at least? So what if someone tells me, could you write my my speech for my wedding or or for investment? What piece of advice could you give to someone who is not a professional speech writer but will be helping someone? Well, I think if you keep to about 900 words, 800 to 900 words, you can't do too much damage because you're only speaking for six to seven minutes. So keep it short. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is make sure that you read out the speech mm-hmm. um, 10 or 12 times to make sure that you kind of understand it and how to because you'll find you'll rewrite it when you mm-hmm. read it out because you'll want to make it easier to read out for yourself. If you're going to tell any jokes, make sure you try them out on some people who you know, are not necessarily completely sympathetic towards you. So, you know, try it out on a grandma or, a, or, or, or a, an uncle you don't know very well because, you know, obviously our friends are always very complimentary about our mm-hmm. work. So see if it, Or read it out to a friend, a friend um, in the office who doesn't know any of the people involved, and I think that can sometimes help. But uh, yeah, practice, practice is the way to get something good together. Mm-hmm. So of course, it's, uh, even though the the name is, is speech writing, but that's beyond that. You write, but you have to uh, speak it in and. Notice how it sounds and the language has to be, of course, uh, the language of a spoken language. And as you said, uh, yeah, testing the, the key part, like the, the, like the jokes. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And do you have some some anecdotes, some experience about uh, some assignments that you have had, some special experience? Yes, I think I sort of mentioned a bit that I once had a client who was having the Black Eyed Peas playing at his wedding. Mm -hmm. And he asked me to take a look at his speech. And it was 45 minutes long. And I thought, well, if you're paying two million to have the Black Eyed Peas play at your wedding, let's say they have a 90 minute slot to perform. Well, if you speak for 45 minutes at your wedding, even if you're a multimillionaire, mm. there are only 24 hours in the day. So I imagine he would have, the, the Black Eyed Peas might have had to shorten their set, you know, which they're paying two million for. So I, I, I kind of reduced the speech from 45 minutes to five minutes. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and I think that meant that, that, that the, the day would have been a bit, quicker and 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 the, the the dancing could have started that little bit earlier so that's an example of where i think you know my services are worth a lot of money mm-hmm. so he really hired the black eyed piece he did yeah wow <laughs> so i'm sure the the people in the in the party prefer to <laughs> to listen to black eyed piece than a long speech of course <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh that's quite funny <laughs> Brian, could you now share with us your favorite quotation? Oh, right. My favorite quotation. Oh, you have so many. That might be di difficult, eh? It, it is difficult. Uh, let me think about that. I don't know. I like the Nietzsche qu quotation, be who you are. And uh, what else? I think my head's so full of quotations that I can't mm. just pluck one out there. It's like saying, often people say, to speechwriters, tell me a joke. No. <laughs> and that makes your heart sink because, you know, we're not particularly funny people, speechwriters. We just take other, you know, adapt material mm. from other people or try our own jokes. It depends on the situation. It depends what, um, what, what, what particular, you know, a quotation is only ever as good as the moment when it's appropriate to say it. Mm -hmm. This "be who you are" no is a quotation. What would be the um, what message is 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 given, and what for what kind of speeches is would be good? For instance, well, I, I suppose um, it's it's a kind of motivational speech uh, quotation. In terms of, I suppose lots of people are limited by their fears, especially when it comes to public speaking. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that. We can only do what we impulsively want to do or intuitively want to do. And so I think it's a good way of overcoming one's inhibitions. And, uh, you know, it's a good... I think that the role of a speechwriter is a bit like a psychotherapist. <laughs> and I know that's a popular quotation with psychotherapists. You know, we're all trying to uh, help people tell good stories and, and work out their problems by listening to other people's stories or by changing their own story uh, or seeing their own problems in a different perspective. So, uh, you know, I read a, quite a lot of uh, self-help literature and books about therapy because I'm, I'm often, you know, working very intimately with people mm. to help them express things that they can't really put into words. Mm -hmm. 
Sure, sure. Hmm. Yeah, quite um, quite unique uh, characteristic of the speech writer. Yeah. And now, could you recommend us one book that has inspired you or influenced you, and you think our listeners should read it? Yes, I would recommend Max Atkinson's "Lend Me Your Ears." Max Atkinson <laughs> was somebody I got to know about ten years ago. And he did lots of academic research into speech writing and public speaking. And he realized that there are about three rhetorical techniques, a three-part list, a contrast, and a rhetorical question, which almost constitute the language of public speaking. So if you use these techniques, which Obama certainly did, mm -hmm. you will make a better speech. You know, three-part list rhetorical questions and contrasts. And he just made everything so simple. So I can look at somebody else's speech and they'll say, oh, well, how can you judge that that's a good speech or not? Well, I can say, well, according to Max Atkinson, you know, and his massive research into what makes people clap, what makes people laugh, what makes people applaud, There are certain techniques, and, and you can see them. If you get a text from Obama, you can just tick them on the edge of the page and say, okay, that's a contrast. Okay, that's a three-part list. Okay, that's a rhetorical mm. question. So I certainly use those principles in my day-to-day -day work as a speechwriter, and I find they work. Mm -hmm. So the very essential elements that all great speeches have, these three. Thank you. And... Finally, could you also share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend doing it daily or weekly as a routine to shine? Well, I think the most important thing is to look out for good quotations, for good at watch on the television um, and, or in the newspaper for funny examples of funny lines, examples of good stories, anecdotes and things like that. And to have a little book that you copy them into. Mm -hmm. And I have a file, it's about 600 pages, word pages, and under every single subject, like you know, accountancy, um, uh, what else? Words beginning with A, you know, B, you know, economic, C, D, E. I have an alphabetical list of subjects, and under each subject, I'll collect quotations. So if we want... Um, a, a, a speech about ambition. I might have a quotation about ambition that I have collected. So I am a hoarder of good one-liners, good quotations, good jokes. And then when it comes to a day, a doctor contacts me and he's in, let's say, surgery and he wants a few jokes. I might have, you know, I look in my doctor section, I look in the surgery section, I look in the hospital section And I might be able to find him a joke that it could have taken hundreds of hours to find. Mm. But it reflects my taste as a writer. And so I, I am the person, you know, who can find good material quickly. Mm -hmm. But it also reflects my instincts of what is yeah. funny and what works. And, you know, I heard a joke on YouTube. I was doing some research into climate change. And I kind of make it a favorite video and then i transcribe the quote mm -hmm. there's a good joke about the damage economists can do to a to a country and uh, it was very funny and, and and i don't have to write a speech for an economist this week or next week 
but maybe in two years' time, <laughs> somebody will come to me and say, oh, uh, I really want a speech. I want to be funny, and I want to make it simpler and liven it up. So I'll say, oh, well, I've got this joke, and I put that in, and maybe they won't like it. But that doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But the thing is, is that I have an edge over anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Who is, you know, I'm, there's lots of 20-year-olds who say, oh, I want to be a speechwriter. <laughs> well, you know, you haven't got 15, 20 years of experience mm-hmm. collecting good material. So a lot relies on collecting from everywhere. As you said, uh, if you watch a, a speech, you just take maybe one joke or one quotation from that and you put it on your on your folders. Yeah. And so everywhere, if you listen to a speech or read a book and you find a quotation, you start taking and taking and compiling. That's right. So especially for quotations... What are other sources of finding if I want to want to find just quotations? Where do I find them? Well, you find them in the newspapers. Mm-hmm. You find them on Twitter sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You find them, you know, I, I like watching rabbis on YouTube. Sometimes I watch sermons and they sometimes have good quotations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think wide reading Um, and um, sometimes you just need to put into Google uh, mm-hmm. sort of uh, climate change quotations. Mm-hmm. Okay. And sometimes, you know, there's a lot of dull ones, but a speechwriter has to pan for gold. You know, you have to <laughs> search through a lot of dross. Yes. Find those little nuggets. But that's what makes you worth paying for. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, thank you very much, Brian, for bringing this topic. I was not that familiar before, and I find it very, very informative, very interesting, and great ideas what you share with us all these, um, all these new phenomena of social speech writing and how to find the jokes and quotations and everything that can help you to make good speeches either for yourself or for helping others. Could you finally tell us how can we learn more about you or follow me? What are the best ways for that? Um, well, I have a website for my speechwriting services, which is thespeechwriter.co.uk. www.thespeechwriter.co.uk. Mm-hmm. And if you put Brian Jenner, B-R-I-A-N-J-E-N-N-E-R, um, into Google, you'll probably get a lot of Bruce Jenner transsexual <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, references but uh, you should also find a few articles about me and my LinkedIn page and things like that that uh, have more information about me oh excellent Brian thanks a lot for all this and have a great day thank you Oscar bye 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 dear listeners of Time to Shine This is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website, www.timetoshinepodcast.com. Welcome to listen to us again next week.